Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Welcome to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor at St. Benedict de Moore Parish in the Hill District and also the pastor at St. Mary Magdalene Parish serving the communities of the East End, Homewood, Point Breeze, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. What makes our Catholic schools unique? Our Catholic school curriculum sets us apart. And going deeper than any textbook, the goal of a Catholic education is to help the student grow into his or her full potential through interwining education and faith so that the students learn to recognize God's presence in their lives. This morning's show, we're going to take a look at the traditional and innovative strategies for educating our children in this ever-changing world. We have a full house of guests this morning, all three women, who I uh, keyed up as calling the Holy Trinity. Uh, They see the the Catholic curriculum in action in person and on a daily basis. Michelle Peduto is our Director of Catholic Schools. We welcome back her, and Sharon Lachlan-Brown is the Regional Administrator for the South Region. And we also welcome this morning Kimberly Stevenson, who is the principal at JFK Elementary School in the city of Washington. Welcome to Catholic Education Plus, ladies. Thanks, Father Tom. Thank Thank you. you. We've got the Holy Trinity uh, lined up here with us uh, this morning. Thanks for being with us. I'm looking forward to getting into this action-packed show here this morning. Michelle, let's uh, start off with you as the lead hitter here. Uh, We'll get started with the the important basic point of understanding what is curriculum and what is not curriculum. So curriculum, we hear a lot of that in the news today. People are asking, what's the curriculum in our school? What, what What does that mean to our parents, to our teachers? Curriculum, we have a formal curriculum, we have an informal curriculum. The formal curriculum would be the standards, the skill sets that we work from at each grade level in each content area. It's like having a roadmap of what we want to accomplish each year, and it's very specific to the grade level and to the particular content area. And it's it's articulated in writing and um, teachers are aware of this and they construct their lesson plans, they they form their strategies based on that solid paper curriculum. But there's also an informal curriculum, which is everything that comes beyond that. So different things like how to get along with your neighbor, those are all parts of the curriculum of a school too. And sometimes they're articulated and sometimes they're not. It's what you learn when you are in the school. What curriculum is not, and we wanna be very clear, that resources are just that, resources. 
So a textbook is a resource that supports what we want to teach in that grade level. It is not the curriculum itself. Often it's aligned and it should be aligned very well with the skill sets we want to teach, but it's not the curriculum. And that textbook could change every few years to a different company to a, in a, go in a different direction because it is a resource. Technology, too, is a resource, but it's not a curriculum. So just to be clear that we are talking about what we want to cover in first grade, second grade, third grade, up through high school, um, what we want to accomplish in that, that particular space in time with those kids, with those students. And that makes sense. Obviously, uh, textbooks, uh, you have to update them every few years. Of course, uh, the computers and technology constant. Uh, look at look at the, the, the mobile phones. You know, I have uh, still a, a phone, iPhone uh, 6, and now they're up to 13. So it's just an ever-changing thing. So I could see, you know, from a Catholic school perspective, you know, there are certain things that change that are on needed change. But there's also some things that obviously need to be uh, consistent. So thanks for clearing, making that clear with the, what is curriculum and, and not. Now, Sharon, help us to understand more about how the curriculum fits into the big picture. Uh, what is the relationship between curriculum, instruction, and assessment? So I think we like to use a lot of um, buzzwords sometimes in education, and we use some words that help us to. Um, understand things like curriculum. We heard Michelle very uh, clearly talk about standards and we have those from the states. But I think it's really very simple. And I heard this long ago and I kind of try to keep it in mind that in teaching, we know what do we need to know? That's the curriculum. How are we going to teach that, that's the instruction, and how will we know if the students know what they need to know, which is assessment. So, of course, the most important thing there is instruction, is the teachers. Teachers have the largest impact on students. And so, with curriculum, what they need to know, how are we going to let them know what they need to know. That's the instruction, which can be done in so many different ways. And then, of course, we've got to know if they do know what they need to know. And I know I'm, I'm being funny by saying these things over again, but it really is the assessment piece. We have to check in with them to see if what we're doing a good job. And so we like to use the term data a lot, especially now we're getting a lot of data collected in instructions. We've just done standardized testing. We do all kinds of assessment. We've spent um, a lot of our year this year after um, COVID doing different kinds of assessment because we really want to collect that data to see where our kids are and to see if they have lost anything through um, some of the time that we may have been shut down. So we do a lot of collecting of data from assessment. But ultimately, assessment is really only important as checkpoints to um, help our instruction. 
and to help our teachers to know what it is they may need to change so that we know what they need to know. You put that quite clearly, so yeah. Now, Kim, your position as the principal at JFK Elementary School in the city of Washington, PA, you are you visit the classrooms and the school events. How do you see our Catholic schools bringing the curriculum into life uh, with your daily observations? Um, I believe you said that correctly. We want to bring that to life. Why? I learned this. How is it going to impact me? Why do I need to know this? So going into the classroom and watching the students work collaboratively, for example, learning about the life cycle of a chicken, and now we're hatching eggs, we're learning the vocabulary, we learn about pipping and how they get out of the shell, and what's important, what nutrients are in that shell, and then watching the whole cycle, then taking that cycle, discussing it, putting it into the writing curriculum and being able to write about it, Um, going home and saying, oh, I think I'd like to have some chickens, mom and dad. So we have some chickens to share with our families. So I think it's just getting them involved and seeing how they can use it. Um, We're blessed to have a greenhouse at our school. So the children learn about growing plants and what's important, planting the seeds from preschool. Um, watering, watching them grow under the special lights, and then being able to take plants home to maybe start a garden on their own. We also use that um, for the children to learn about being productive in society by being able to share and sell those plants. So we have a plant sale, and then we use that money um, for different projects for the children as well. But I think the more hands-on they are, the more they can relate their learning to their life, the more that they take that responsibility for their own education. Yeah, okay, sounds good. Now, Sharon, our world is ever-changing. The way that educators adapt and respond to those changes, uh, it's also very important. Can you describe some of the exciting traditional and innovative approaches to learning that are common in our Catholic schools? Sure. I think that um, te- you mentioned, Father Tom, technology, and I think it's important for us to note that we use technology as a tool or a resource, as Kim's, or as uh, Michelle stated. And those, of course, are some of the more innovative things that we've seen happening. But I think it's really important to see not just um, technology which we use, but how we teach our children. So just this past week, um, we had, or the past couple of weeks, we've had the spelling bee, the diocesan spelling bee, which would be very traditional. Memorization, as we used to learn how to spell and memorize spelling words, as well as our traditional phonics approaches. So I think there are, we still teach cursive in our Catholic schools. We have very many traditional things that we continue to do. And then we also had just a few weeks ago, the invention convention, where we also had our students 
come and share innovative ways that they were able to come up with how to problem solve something that they saw in the real world and make an invention that it would um, solve that problem. So I think the, the balance of both traditional and innovative approaches is what we see very commonly in all of our schools. Yeah, you have to have the, the mixture of the, the old and the new, so to speak. So keep some traditional things, like you said, uh, Sharon, and then look at some new ways. So, And I think our Catholic schools definitely blend that. So well, we have lots more to cover. Uh, we're going to uh, take a break and come back for the second half uh, with Michelle, Sharon, and Kimberly. So we'll be back. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Bark here on KDK Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor at St. Benedict de Moore Parish in the Hill District and also at St. Mary Magdalene Parish in the East End. We have our Director of Catholic Schools, Michelle Peduto, our Regional Administrator for the South Region, Sharon Lockhorn-Brown, and the Principal at JFK Elementary School in the City of Washington, PA, Kimberly Stevenson with us uh, this morning. And our topic is helping us to understand what Catholic curriculum is and how it benefits our students. So, Michelle, we often hear about soft skills in our schools, and given what you've already shared uh, about the Catholic curriculum in the first half of our show, what would that look like in our Catholic schools today? So, Sharon, in the last segment, brought up about traditional and innovative approaches, and some of these approaches give us the latitude to teach these soft skills as part of developing the the, uh, skills within um, these approaches. I kind of repeated myself there. But when we when we look at things that, that are important to life in the world, communicating, teamwork, problem solving, time management, critical thinking, adaptability, creativity, we want to incorporate that skill set, considered soft skills or 21st century skills. We want to include that as we engage students in the curriculum. So That instruction piece, how we um, teach and how we engage the students in their their response to our teaching should incorporate these soft skills. The the invention convention, these were students from a number of different schools paired up, looking at problems, solving the problem, working together in teams of three or four, uh, two, three or four, and, and figuring out a solution and then presenting that solution. There's a lot involved in that other than just understand, understanding particular content. So we look for those opportunities every single day to give our students that, um, that skill set moving forward uh, as they approach high school, when they leave high school, as they approach college. We want them to go well-equipped to handle anything that, that uh, comes into their, comes in their path. Now, Sharon, what role does faith play in the curriculum areas? Well, obviously our Catholic schools wouldn't even exist without the faith. And so it's the primary pillar of everything that we do. And so while we do have religion class every day, our students also have the opportunity to share in the many, many rich traditions of our faith. Attending mass, um, receiving the sacraments, being able to um, 
to explore all kinds of different devotions, such as the rosary and um, adoration and being able to participate in community outreach and service opportunities. So um, as Michelle talked about formal and informal curriculum, formal, we have that in um, our faith formation of these students as well, that we partner with our parents, the formal curriculum in their religion classes, as well as the opportunity for them to share um, the many, many rich traditions of our faith and church, as well as being able to infuse our faith into every subject that they learn throughout the day. Now, Kim, obviously here in the uh, Western Pennsylvania, the greater Pittsburgh region, uh, the counties in Southwestern Pennsylvania, we have wonderful public and private uh, schools and charter schools. Can you tell our listeners how Catholic schools uh, make a difference in their approach to curriculum matters? Well, basically, I think Catholic education is unlike any other education. Um, Of course, we focus on more than the academics. We focus on educating the entire child, um, nurturing their mind, their body, and their spirit. We want to strengthen um, their self as well as we want them to come to know God. And that's what's important on our in our curriculum, being able to talk about God throughout the day um, and also our high academic expectations is something I think our parents have come to know um, as being part of a Catholic school, expecting children to act morally and to um, respect themselves and respect others in the classroom. Um, We just expect them to hold higher standards, to be able to leave our schools and to be um, model citizens. So those are things we instill in our children, our manners, saying thank you, excuse me, things like that that I think get sometimes lost in education. Those are things we want to make sure that we are instilling in our children. And, um, you know, we have the technology. We have all of the important materials that many schools, like you said, public charter schools have. But being able to share the love of the Lord and being able to um, have those high expectations on how we expect our children to live their life. Yeah, definitely. uh, Definitely. You put that in a good summary. Now, one last question. I'm going to throw this out to all three of you to help summarize all these the great points that we have discussed. If I was a parent uh, trying to make the important decision about where to send my child to school this coming fall, what would you want me to know about the difference that a Catholic school education offers compared to others? I think a piece I want to highlight that we haven't brought up is we also want to teach about the beauty of our faith. We want to teach the beauty of learning. We want to give our students just a wonderful aesthetic experience when it comes to art and music and and love of each other there's and we are open about this these are open things that we talk about loving our faith in an open manner loving what we're learning and loving each other 
And then, as Kim stated so eloquently, loving God above all else. I think that is what sets us apart. And when you look in our world today, that is a critical piece for all of us when it comes to raising our children in the presence of our God every day, seven days a week. Well, five days a week in school, we'll send them home for the weekend. But um, we, we, do, we do that. And that is so important because we all see what, what a crisis our society is in right now. So putting our children in Catholic school is the best option. And we know the importance the, the parents play in the role of um, the religion aspect in their children's life. And we're such a family and being able to work together, you know, to build that character. Parents are on, we work together as a team. We collaborate. They're involved in the schools. And how many times when you're touring or talking to parents, they see that. They'll walk into a school and say, wow, it just feels so warm here, you know, and it's great to know that, you know, their child is going to be nurtured and loved in our Catholic schools. I think that any parent that has sent their children to Catholic schools, you often hear them say about, as you said, a family and the community that they serve. And obviously, we want that to be part of the parish communities as well. And so I think that we also have the opportunity in our Catholic schools to work together with our parishes to help to bring these children that have been entrusted our care to our care closer to God um, throughout the day. And I think that it's something that's very difficult to put into words, but it is that feeling and environment of being able to um, nurture their faith and their their whole person, as Kim said, um, and really make them be the best version of themselves, I think. Great. Well, Michelle, Sharon, and Kimberly, thanks for being with us uh, this morning. We've covered a lot. So thanks for all the work that you do. We're going to take a break and we'll come back for the final plus segment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio. This week in our plus segment, we are featuring the sixth Sunday of Easter. We are in the final uh, few weeks of the Easter season and we continue reading in John's gospel, what we call the farewell discourse or the last supper discourse as Jesus is with his disciples at the Last Supper. Jesus stresses that the divine mutuality between the Son and the Father of loving Jesus means living with God and Jesus. The advocate, which is sometimes called the comforter or counselor or helper, will teach in Jesus's absence. And the advocate keeps Jesus's teaching alive in the post-resurrection community. So let us allow the power of the Holy Spirit to renew our love of the risen Christ and live as a community in keeping his commands. Perhaps we can make peace with someone whom we've kept a distance from and let us avoid any unnecessary conflicts or quarrels that might come up. So we're coming into the final few weeks of Easter and also Ascension Thursday is this coming week. So we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.